I had this uh, really interesting thing happen to me today. I was uh, I woke up like I normally do, did my social media thing like I normally do, put my pants on like I normally do. Like you sometimes do. Is this the chorus of the song? No, not not quite. Like I normally do. I was like driving to work and uh, I was kind of distracted because my kitten was going crazy and my girlfriend's out of town. And I was like driving to work and I was like, why do my pants kind of feel so weird? What is behind my knee? And I like reached down and I was like unbuttoned my pants while I was driving and kind of reached down. I was like, oh, God damn it. And the pair of boxers that I was wearing the day before um, were stuck behind my knee. Been there before. Because <laughs> I recycle my <laughs> pants. And I was like, I pulled them out and I was like, God fucking damn it. Oh no. Of course. Of course they're like in my pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that you were going to be accidentally wearing your girlfriend's pants. No. Well, that would have been way I was expecting the kitten to be in there. Yeah, I thought <laughs> the kitten was going to be in there. God damn. I'm with Wes. I'm pretty sure. Sh- I don't think it would have taken me that long till I was like halfway. I got to drive like 30 minutes to work. It was like halfway. If she stayed still that long, I'd be fucking amazed. She is a kitten after all. I just went out to eat right by my house here on the coast and it was the first time I ever ordered an entire fish, like with the tail and the head and everything. Oh yeah, that's a good one. They do it good there. I've ordered a lot of fish, but never had the entire fish on my plate. You know, I always saw it on the menus, and I was like, that looks gross. But it was damn good. Country fried, caught today, rock cod. Did you eat the eyeball? No. That's supposed to be the best part. It had like a fried socket where the eyeball should be. Oh. Oh, they... They took out the eyeball? That's like like the delicacy part of the whole fish. That's why people do it. Huh. I, I kind of feel robbed. I'm not going to lie. It's actually like not as bad. I thought it was super bad before, but like it's pretty good, surprisingly. I bet the food runner snaked your fish eyeball. <laughs> because... know, it kind of looks like there's an eyeball in it if you look at the picture. <laughs> there's supposed to be an eyeball there. How do you remove an image just for yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Came on top of grits with some hot sauce, and it felt right at home. Yeah, I mean, and it's also nice, like, fine dining, sort of. Did they give you the white tablecloth service? I mean, there's a white tablecloth. Well, you didn't sit in the bar, I guess is my point. I'm not a big fan of the white tablecloth thing. I like to sit in the bar with the, um, you know, the pores. Which, even there, it's not really like being poor. <laughs> no, they don't allow poor people inside there. For sure. They they kick us off the golf course, for sure. <laughs> That's because we're too drunk. Ah, is that why? I've never really understood. <laughs> That's because you're too drunk as well. <laughs> uh, uh. Ladies and gentlemen, John and Surratt will be here all week. Please give them a round of applause. Thank you. Up next is Ryan Fitzgerald for an hour of solo comedy. (laughs) How the fuck is everyone doing tonight? Pretty alright. Mostly alive. Could be worse. Doing well, thanks. Surat's dead. 
Oh, oh, you're waiting for me? No, I'm I'm good except for the you know my um pantaloon mishap on my way to work today. Everybody laughed at me when I got there. It was not as cool of a story as I thought yeah. it was gonna be. I thought it was funny. Sarah pooped his pants at, at work today. Why did they all know when you got there? Um, they didn't all know until I told them the story, and I thought it was gonna be funny, and then they all laughed at me, and it was not funny. I didn't. I was not having a good time. <laughs> Sounds like if they are all laughing at, then it was funny. Um. I don't know. You know the people I work with. There's laughing with you and there's laughing at you. Yeah, they definitely turned it around Maybe somehow. Maybe laughing around you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of laughing around me. I kind of didn't even enjoy your story until the part about other people laughing at you. Yeah, see? Yeah, that was uh, the best part. That was really the best part, yeah. Again, with this whole laughing around me thing, Ryan, thanks for really driving it home there. You're really good at that. Really brings the room together. Wes, how's your dog doing? Uh, one's old and curmudgeonly, the other one's young and stupid. <laughs> Which one's Magooners? Magooners is old and curmudgeonly. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she's, well, I was going to say she's a sweetheart, but only sometimes. I think, uh, the, the younger one has just got her tired all the time, so she's just constantly grumbling. <laughs> I get uh, that. Today I woke up to her caught in the blinds, so that was fun. They're doing some <laughs> construction on the house next door, so there's been people in and out of that, of that house just constantly. And we forgot to put the blinds up early enough before they got there. So normally she just sits at the window and barks at them. But because the blinds were closed, she had to try to get through them. And she was just like halfway through the blinds, just tangled in them as I woke up. Oh, poor thing. That was fun. That happens to me all the time. I think this is the third set of blinds I've had to put up in the past two months. I got you guys beat, <laughs> though. My cat has broken both of his legs, and my dog has gotten sprayed by a skunk in the past two days. So. Yikes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Your cat did what? Broke both of its legs? So what you're saying is you can't be trusted to own pets. Yeah, while he was wearing pajamas because his legs or his back is all itchy so he's been chewing at it and pulling hair out so he was wearing really embarrassing pajamas and then he got sprayed by a skunk also did your cat only have two legs no no he um he broke them one he broke the right side first and that one healed up well enough that he it just healed normal but then the other side broke which apparently is common if one side breaks the other one goes um, and that one didn't heal up as well, so he had to go in for surgery to get that surgeried. We call the front legs arms. These are back legs. Mm, my mistake. <laughs> Whoa. Pet drama. Man. Yeah, put them both down, am I right? Jesus, you heartless bastard. <laughs> and you've met Gus. You've looked him I'm in the eye. I'm just You knew him as a puppy. You are a monster. <laughs> I feel like it's easier to do when you look them in the eye. Am I wrong? Whatever. You're wrong. No, it's harder. Oh. Man, I must be doing it wrong. Anyways. <laughs> now I'm going to eat on Mike just in spite of that. <laughs> well, poor Mike. <laughs> you don't know what Mike's into. I've been working on him for a couple of years now. <laughs> well, last week 
on Wake of Whispers. You guys had investigated the boneyard of morass deep in the swamp. Found some interesting clues. Fought a manticore. Birthed a manticore. Pup. My child. <laughs> Your baby. Did you name it? No. Why, why, why would I name something that I don't ever expect to see again? Name it now. Well, you know, it's like when you went to the hospital to give birth and the doctor named your child. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> handed him to me and said, and this is... This one looks like an Omar. <laughs> is that not how that, that works? Does it? <laughs> yeah, you found some interesting clues. God only knows what you take from that. But it's about 12.30, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And after delivering the manticore pup, you climbed down from the tree, looted the nest of its goodies, and were heading back to the village of Morass, and ultimately Lepidstad, I'd imagine. But before we get into any of that, we start with a little scene. We open this scene on a dreary Ustalavic night. As the rain comes down on the industrial district, we find ourselves outside of a cobblestone dock house next to the Mortray River on the outskirts of Levenstam. Its thatched roof and stone walls shedding water into the gutters below. The streets are dark around this building except for a small amount of light that is leaking out from the shuttered windows of the dock house casting long shadows through the fog and across the alley. Out of the darkness, a boat silently glides up to the boathouse's dock. A crewman swiftly jumps out of the boat and slows the craft to a gentle halt in front of a large sliding cargo entrance along the building's side. Quickly securing the mooring lines, he gives the signal and is promptly joined by several other crew members who start unloading large, heavy-looking bales onto a waiting cargo dolly. When the dolly is nearly full, a well-dressed man wearing a long black raincoat and hat steps off the boat and approaches the cargo door, knocks in a rhythmic pattern near the edge of the door. The door abruptly slides open, spilling light out onto the dock and its clandestine occupants. A distraught-looking halfling peeks his head around the corner and stares up at the weathered man's face. Quickly now! Inside! You lot are over a week late. I was worried you'd run into a patrol or worse. Did they give you in any trouble in Karkal? The halfling pushes the rest of the large wooden door open with ease as the rest of the boat's crew maneuver the cargo dolly into the well-lit dockhouse, shutting it swiftly behind them. Yes, just wheel that over there with the others. No, no, no trouble in Karkow, the boat captain replies. These folks always hold themselves in such high esteem with their operas and manners. <laughs> Shining beacon of humanity amongst the dark. <laughs> bits on the ground. If there's one thing I've learned about Karkow, even the most seemingly incorruptible and righteous individuals have a price, whether it be cash, grass, or ass. <laughs> he pauses as they both laugh and reach out to shake each other's hands. It's good to see a goodie. 
Ah, oh, you too, old Alda. All right, enough shooting that shit. I don't want to get caught here with my dick in my hands. Well, let's see what you've got. Odalda snaps, and one of the crew members moves to the pallet and retrieves a small brick off of the top and hands it to Goody. It's got to be the purest pesh this side of the inner sea. Odalda pulls out his dagger and jams the tip into the brick, moving it around to produce a pea-sized, black, sticky ball of substance on the tip. He starts to mutter an incantation, and with the flick of his fingers, the dagger starts to glow red as the sample starts to bubble and then smoke. The room begins to fill with a sticky, sweet floral smell that starts to make the more frail-looking members of the crew look healthier and more confident all of a sudden. Oh yeah, that's, that's the good shit. Should be able to step on this at least once, uh, maybe twice, and still be better than anything vetiver is pushing around here. At that moment, red and blue light starts to flash through the cracks in and around the shutters facing the street. As the sound of carriages approaches and grows louder in the alleyway outside. What is this, Odalda? Were you followed? Oh, we're bond. Oh, that's not my doing, Goody. It was you that shit the bed. Simultaneously, everyone in the room starts drawing weapons and pointing them towards the windows and doors. Odalda draws a wand and points it towards Goody. I swear to you, Odalda, this isn't me. How long have we been doing this? I wouldn't set you up, says the halfling. Aye, that may be true, but I'm not going to stick around to find out. Be seeing you, Goody. Odalda starts muttering an arcane incantation, waving his hands around, then disappears in an instant. At that same moment, squads of heavily armored men bust through the doors, carrying what could only be described as military-grade repeating crossbows and plate armor, emblazoned with Lepidstad guard sigil. Bolts and magical rays start flying every which way as people dive for cover or stand and die. We zoom out as the lights and commotion start spilling out into the alleyways, past the wagons lit by red and blue dancing lights. Eventually we see the rest of the city flickering with lights in the night as the camera disappears into the clouds. Smash cut to a familiar face. Ezekiel Kane, asleep at his desk, drooling on top of a stack of parchment. A tall flagon of steaming hot brown liquid gets slammed down on the desk next to his head, startling him awake. Rise and shine! I hope you got some good rest, because that diorat problem down in the south end isn't going to solve itself. I heard that even after they are killed, the baby's still crawling out of their mothers. <laughs> Gross. All these people around town are starting to cause a problem. I would be surprised if the streets are full of shit in no time. God, I hate people. She takes a seat on the desk across the aisle from Zeke's desk and crosses her legs. That tavern wench you keep fooling around with got locked up in cell three last night. I think it was for indecent exposure. I'm not sure what you see in that girl, but I would really reconsider if I were you. After all, she's probably banged half the riffraff come in for the big trial. A half-awake Ezekiel Kane lifts his head and sleepily mutters, <laughs> Shit, shit. Triss, can we can we talk about this later? I gotta get these reports done before. Uh... A booming voice breaks through the commotion of the long, busy office. Kane, my office now. Tristan and Ezekiel Kane both turn to look down the rows of desks. 
toward a wood-paneled wall with half-panes of frosted glass set into them. The name Sergeant White is etched on the glass pane of the open door. Oh yeah, um, by the way, uh, I think this Sarge might have found out about your little escapades last night. She whispers behind her hand as Zeke rolls his eyes at her and groggily stands to start walking down the aisle of desks. As he passes her, he shoots her a look that could only say, You could have warned me earlier. She mouths the word, Sorry, and shrugs her shoulders in return. He makes it about halfway down the row of desks before a portly human man leaning back in his chair with his feet up on his desk and half a donut in his mouth pipes up, <laughs> Looks like you did it now, Kane! <laughs> Kowalski, it looks like if you eat another pot of confection, you might have to strap two breastplates together to keep them titties safe. <laughs> yeah, well, at least I could bring in a halfling. <laughs> Honestly, Kowalski, I'm surprised you can fit through the front door, much less bring anyone through it. Kane keeps walking toward the office as Kowalski waddles to his feet and tries to muster up another insult before getting distracted with the other half of his donut. Reaching the Sarge's office, we see an older, dark-skinned human standing behind a large wooden desk. Stacks of papers and scrolls and books are strewn about the desk and shelves that line the walls of this fairly large office. Behind him, a large Lippenstad guard, Sigil, sits above a crackling fireplace. Kane enters the room. Kane! What in the hell is this I'm hearing about you pulling half my units off patrol to assist you in an unauthorized undercover pesh bus last night? Well, Sergeant, uh, sounds like you heard the gist of it. <laughs> the gist, he says. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing, Mother... <laughs> Mother Licker. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, Mother Licker. That's not how this department operates. I don't know how they did things back in whatever hole they found you in, but up here, we operate by the book, and by the book says that you will tell your superiors when you're doing an op. You know, on- honestly, Sarge, I-, I thought we did pretty good, considering the help I had on hand. Pretty good. Do I look like an asshole to you? Are we smelling the same shit you tracked in here? Two men are injured, you burned down a boathouse, you didn't catch anyone worth a damn, and worst of all, all the pests you brought in was fake. A surprised look comes across Constable Kane's face as the sergeant slides a piece of parchment across the desk towards him. Yeah, that's right, Crinkle Dick. Results came back from the alchemist lab, and all that pest you confiscated turns out to be false pesh. Why? You know, honestly, Sarge, I, I had no idea. I, th- I, I, I thought that on intel was, uh, was solid. The camera cuts back to the previous night, where we see Ezekiel Kane leading that familiar halfling from before in chains past the wagons outside of a flaming boathouse. Oh, what do you think you're doing? A guard says from behind them as they reach the edge of the wagons. Uh, uh, Sergeant White requested that I take this one in for, uh, for the questioning, uh, something about his contact from in here, uh, why don't you run up to Central, get a few extra boys down here, help you put out these flames before it spreads to some of these other boathouses. The guard looks back behind himself and then goes back to frantically battling flames on the roof of the boathouse. Oh, that was close, Zeke. I thought they were going to light us all up in there. Oh, it's a good thing you showed up when you did, or I'd be a kabobbling right now. <laughs> of course, Goody, you're my guy. I couldn't let anything happen to you. Did you make the switch like I told you? Oh, it's like butter, baby. They didn't suspect a thing. 
All right, well, same split, same place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll see you in a few days down at the dead goat. Now get me out of these damn chains. Zeke quickly frees Goody from his shackles, and they part ways into the night. Kane! Kane, am I boring you? Kane snaps out of his daydream, and we're back in the office with Sergeant White. Well, bless me for asthma, because I am getting way too old for this shit. Oh my god. You agitating my sciatica? Yeah. Well, my hands are tied. You're off the die rack case, let me tell you that. I'm giving it to Kowalski. Sarge, come on, man. Kowalski? Oh shit, that's not his voice. Sarge, now, <laughs> come on, Kowalski? <laughs> I've been working that case for months, and we both know he could tell you the color of a crayon by taste. This is bullshit, and you know it. Enough! Any more out of you, and I have your sword and sigil. Something else came down. This one's straight from the top. Now, don't fuck this up now. There's someone up here must like you. And trust me, if you fuck this one up, I'll be so far up your ass, I'll be wearing you like a hat. Sarge tosses a scroll over to Kane. Now... You report to Judge Dermy's office, 6 a.m. sharp tomorrow morning. All right, you're dismissed. And we're blackout. <laughs> All constables are brigands. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> All constables are brigands. Nice. That's a t-shirt. That's what took me so long to write. There's a lot of changes in there. It's like a Rush song. <laughs> <laughs> and having uh, thoroughly scoured the island for evidence and clues. We, we were paddling down the river. Or, you know, after chastising Joral. Why don't we throw ourselves in the boats then? In the boats? In the boats. Wherever you like. Leave room for Joral. I assume it would be the same same boat cruise as before. Yeah. Uh, Sid and Stormac uh, riding together. All right. Florian Daisy and then Kane and Joral. As you guys leave the island and you're floating calmly through these still swampy waters, give me perception checks. 15 for Stormac. 21 for Sid. Ooh, 15 also. 12 for Flora and uh, 17 for Daisy. How about Joral in her native environment here? Oh, let's see about Joral. Totally. Well, you all notice something that stands out a bit. There is a large, nay, huge, nay, gargantuan dark spot a shadow of sorts coming towards your boats rather quickly what oh, fire up the outboards and get the fuck out of here yeah um uh weapons out <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen a 20 by 20 Reese's Pieces cup is moving across <laughs> the way that's the closest thing I can find this massive black shadow underneath the water is approaching you very quickly and after a second you notice large red scaly spikes start to break the surface of the water 
in the center of the shadow. Is this that that mythical large croc that they were talking about? Old Toothy would be his name. How do you react? Uh, try very hard to steady the boat and make sure that we're not... I mean, like, you can't just jump up and run. All right. You try and keep the boat steady. You start to turn away from this spiky shadow. And before your boats, the water rises as the massive caiman jaw opens up and is flying right towards your boats. This thing must be easily 20 to 30 feet long. Its massive jaws open up and looks like it could swallow one of your boats whole as it's streaming right for you. Uh... Oh no. Yeah. Oh great. Alright. Who does it seem to be aiming at? (laughs) (laughs) Joral probably. (laughs) (laughs) And within the same instant, you start to hear a heavy flapping of wings. And from out of the sky, from behind you, swoops in... Old River. (laughs) (laughs) On a broom. Yes. A large manticore. Yes, old manticore. And the manticore swoops in and latches his big claws into the top of this blood caiman's mouth and is just biting at its eyes and face and ripping his mouth away from the boats, stinging him in the back with its scorpion tail. Oh my gosh. And he pulls on it and almost like a, like a rodeo rider veers him away from the boats. And this thing is, the caiman is lashing about and trying to snap at the manticore as it is lashed onto its nose. And there's water flying everywhere and groars and roars and growls. Joral, go. Uh, Joral, paddle. Everyone paddle. Paddle like hail. I, I paddle my boat as hard as I can. But what if he gets hurt? We just worked so hard to save his child. He can just fly away. Okay, okay, okay. Also, if he gets hurt, free manticore cup. The gargantuan blood came in, starts to death roll in the <gasps> water, and as it rolls back out, uh, you s- see the manticore, like, take a deep breath when it comes out of the water, and it's like, go now! Oh my god. Okay. All right. Okay. He loves us. We're going. <laughs> so, We're leaving. We do so as fast as we can. <laughs> able to buy you just enough time <laughs> to maneuver out of the way and down the river and the noises of growling and roaring and slicing and biting and splashing get quieter and quieter the further you get oh no I hope he's okay Flora's continuously looking backward trying to keep an eye on what's happening Joel's like hot damn now's old toothy Oh, yeah, I'll mark that off my bucket list. Woo-wee! Joral, that almost became your bucket list. I don't... I don't know if we should be celebrating that fact at all. If you wouldn't mind piloting us back there as fast as we can, it would be much obliged. That was a near-life experience. <clears throat> Let's go faster. Must go faster. Let's leave it at that. Now paddle. That was a mighty beast. <laughs> Happy to avoid combat with it. You are? able to avoid combat with that massive beast and 
once you get sufficient amount uh, distance away from it, the swamp is quiet, save the bugs and frogs that are ever present. It takes you about an hour, hour and a half to get back to Morast. Are there cicadas in the swamp in NPS? Could you simulate that sound? Yes, but uh, I'll do that in post. I'll say that I'm making the noise, but really, uh, it was Sirenscape. I was just saying, if you just, like, scream into the microphone. <laughs> for hours on end. <laughs> yes. Fucking cicadas. Uh, the water is calm. It's a hot day. Humid. Bugs and frogs abound. You pull up back to the small hamlet of Morast. What is your game plan? I, I feel like our game plan is to uh, get a sworn statement from... What was his name? Lazari? Joral Prime. <laughs> Lazni? Lazni, thank you. Lazari is the name of a charcoal brand that I like. Yes. Lazni. And collect our evidence and leave. Right? We gotta make it back before too late. Right. So. Yeah, the swamp sucks. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, I think we should do that. So you talk to Lasney. We explain the evidence that we collected. That we have these tools. That he was out there disturbing all of the graves. Because they chased him out of here because they believed that he was uh, removing people from their town, correct? And then they chased him over there? Yes, uh, people were just disappearing while out and about, and then it eventually turned into them being taken from their homes. And then, yes, the last person that he attempted to abduct, they chased him over to the boneyard. So we explain what we found, we show him all of our evidence, see if he uh, recognizes any of it. Mr. Lasnia, uh, we found all of this stuff... Uh, it looks to me as if they were robbing these graves. Um, do these uh, surgical tools uh, or grave robbing supplies mean anything to you? Maybe this uh, I never severed face? Oh, maybe this severed face <laughs> that I'm holding up. up right now? Holy cow! You put your fingers through the eye holes. <laughs> Hold it up. Put my fingers... Maybe... Hold it close to my face, but not on my face. Oh, Maybe this God. boat. Flora uh, stifles a laughter. <laughs> do you do you recognize this boat or uh, maybe any of these tools? Well, uh, we, well, we got lots of them um, them coracles around here. A lot of people use them little boats. Uh, no, I never see no tools like that though. That looks like some fancy fancy shit. I don't know about that. That faces. Well, disgusting. That does look a little familiar. Let me guess, is it Joral? (laughs) Looks like my brother Joral. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you see this freckle right here? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, is that freckle helpful? Can you identify whose face this was? (laughs) Stormax pointing at it with a stick. Yeah, that freckle (laughs) and that bad shave job. Now, that that looks about like uh, this poacher who used to come out here, man. About once a month, he'd come out, try and poach him some caimans and, and, and uh, a couple of other creatures you find around here. 
Uh, we always chased them off. We didn't like them very much, but uh, you know, we, we hadn't seen them for about a year. A year? You haven't seen him for about a year. Huh? How decomposed is this face? Yep, it's a good question. I mean, it's kind of gnarly looking. It's not like rotten or anything. So it's not yet decomposed. No. Hmm. Huh. Nan Clebum. Uh, this uh, poacher used to visit around here about once a month. We ain't seen him for about a year. So the uh, disappearance of the poacher and the disappearance of the beast happened at the same time, but his not quite decomposed face is okay. Right on. All right. Um, coolsies. It's getting weirder and weirder. Yeah. Okay. Now, what what do you think a beast would want to with uh, digging up our, our dead bodies? That's what we're trying to figure out. No, that ain't right. To be completely honest, uh, we're not rightly sure, but uh, uh, if you could sign off on uh, at least a sworn statement, um, we may or may not uh, have the right person, and it would be good to at least uh, find justice for the person that actually did this to your people, and uh, I truly believe whatever you guys have going on here, uh, aside from the outside world, is, um, is beautiful, and we will try our damnedest to leave you alone. Unless uh, you would like to come testify that in court. Oh, hey, well, I tell you, I was planning on being out there now. Um, the last two folks came and talked to me about this case. They asked me to, to come into town there when the trial's underway. That's tomorrow, right? It sure is. Yeah, well, I'll be there. I, 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 I would like to see this beast burn, if you, if you know what I'm saying. A written statement would still be helpful. Yeah, you know, just between you and me now, um, yeah, I can't read it right. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't have you... You can dictate it, we can write it, and then... Well, Sidriel, I wouldn't have any man sign something that he couldn't read. That would be unethical. Uh, but if if you're gonna be in town, you could give live evidence, and I think I think that that would, um, that would probably, uh, do better for the court anyway. Well, I, I'll come. I'll come give my testimony. Oh, fantastic! Uh, whatever you like to see justice, justice put to work. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, well, we must be going, and I, I appreciate your hospitality. Uh, thank you so much for allowing us the use of these boats and the use of Joral uh, uh, and other Joral and and uh, other Joral. Oh yeah. The, the use of her time is what he meant to say, of course. Well, th- thank, thank you for bringing it back in one piece now. Uh, we ain't got many jars left these days. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I have find that hard to believe, but uh, all right, uh, sh- let's get going. And Jarl runs up to you and is like, Mr. Kane, Mr. Kane, <laughs> I, I just got to say th- thank you again. <laughs> Good Lord, lady. <laughs> Saving my life from that. That nasty blood came in. I don't know what I'd have done if it weren't for you. Um, I'm so glad that you uh, that you feel that way uh, and that your head was underwater. Um, I, I, I uh, we'll, we'll, if you come to town, uh, you'll know where to find me. Oh, it's a date. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bail. Bail's so fast. <laughs> she had no idea that 
I was like, let her go. Bye. See you later. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> you were trying to ditch her. You're like, she's as good as dead. There's her trampoline picture again. Stormac actually saved her life, if we remember correctly. That's hilarious, but she she's focused on Kane, huh? Well, her she was underwater being death rolled, and like Stormac jumped in and stabbed the thing in an eyeball while Kane was like, "Leave her, she's dead." Yeah, Surat <laughs> said something like, "Well, she's lost. Time to move on." Yeah, the sooner you accept it, the better. <laughs> That's actually exactly what I said, so uh, I would like to just keep keep rolling, keep keep getting on. Yeah. Just quit while you're ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'm out. We all just kind of scuttle out. Um, Everyone rolls their eyes. Can can we uh, physically uh, take everything without taking? We don't need to take the boat, and the guy will be there to attest for that. But we we should take like the other pieces of evidence that we need, like the grave digging tools and. The lantern and the stuff we found at the camp. We can take all that with yeah, us. Yeah, you can pack up the bloody bag. Bloody bag, the face, the stuff the like tools, that. tools, all of it, yeah. Yes. And, um, yeah, so you pack it up, you get on another boat out from Morass to get back to where your horses were. And you start making your way back to Leopardstad, am I right? You are. Correct. I think we said it was about two hours horse ride back to Leopardstad. Anything you guys are talking about on this ride back to Leopardstad? Uh, Sid will be asking Zeke if he's got any more of those healing extracts laying about. Because he is in a rough shape. Sadly, I do not. Uh, I apologize, Sidril. I, I haven't been out of the city long, and I... I may have used all of my extracts before I thought. Um. Uh, Flora, if she overheard him asking, will dig into her bag and and be like, "Uh, Sid, I have a ton of these. Do you want? And she'll like fumble with like two potions of cure light wounds and like try to hand them over to him. That's okay. I have a few of those of my own. I thought, you know, that... Maybe Zeke could just conjure up some more, but that's all right. I'll use what I got. Um, I am going to crack one of those, though. All right. Seven points of healing. Uh, It's about three o'clock when you guys make it back to Leopardstead. Are you guys quiet for that two hours, other than asking for healing? (laughs) Well, regarding the healing, do we have a wand of cure light wounds? We bought one. Okay, well, then if it's just in a bag somewhere not being used, uh, Stormac will, will take it in two hands and say, Constable Kane, we are still out of sorts because our dear friend Father Ozel has left us, but he usually healed us and we are without him, as I said, so we have this want. If you would take it, and please heal all of our wounds. Well, hot shit, Stormac. I was born at night, but not last night. Give me that thing. You, you were holding on to this that whole time? All right, here we go. Who needs what? Um, um, Father Ozel would also rub our bellies when he did. <laughs> and tell us that we're, we're a good boy. 
you're not there. <laughs> <laughs> you're not there, Kane says. <laughs> you tell me I'm the best wizard in all of Ustalov. <laughs> I mean, that, that seems weird, but okay. Flora's got, like, blood dripping down her forehead. But she's not saying anything. She's kind of like... She's seemed sort of subdued and sad ever since they left the manticore. Stormak has asked Kane to heal all of us, so get going. I'm down 16, but... I'm going to have to say, you guys are definitely uh, given some of the people in my department would absolutely be top-notch anywhere in Leopardstad. I, I would feel honored to uh, heal all of you up. One of definitely the best wizards that I've ever seen, apart from some of the high echelon in town. One of the most bravest halflings I have ever met in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And you, good monk, you are definitely uh, also one of the most bravest people in the world, yet also the most knowledgeable. Stormak bows his head slightly and says, Thank you, Constable Kane. Pre- appreciate it. Welcome to uh, this adventure of our lives. And, and, then the, and then it's an hour of silence. Yeah, Flora will, uh, will blush when he calls her brave and kind of like tuck a hair behind her ear and like tidy yourself up a bit. Oh boy. <laughs> so what what order do we want to do things in when we get back to Leopardstad? I mean, we got to talk to the Beast, and there's somebody else we were supposed to report to? Uh, you talked about talking to the defense attorney, mm-hmm. who I think would actually give you access to the Beast. Okay. And then we also got to look into these tools. I mean, somebody probably knows a maker's mark of a raven. And if we can find a another spellcaster, somebody there's a, a relatively common divination spell we might be able to cast on this blood to find out some interesting information about it. Uh, specifically, Sid is going is trying to think where he could find somebody who can cast blood biography. Hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so yeah, you have the defense attorney and through him the beast you looking into the tools and looking into the blood as you come up returning to the town of Leopardstad uh, around 3pm what do you do? mind you most businesses and storefronts and things probably close around 5 or 6 6pm uh, 6 is like pretty much your limit on businesses and things I must say, I'm quite curious to see this beast. I agree with you, Stormak. I, I feel like we should at least go get eyes on who's on trial. Yes, I agree. Please, show us the way. Uh, Ezekiel Kane will we'll take them to wherever we gotta go. Number two, I believe, right? Is that where we're... I thought that's what yeah. we established. Through the that's city. To the courthouse, yes. To the courthouse. And you make your way through the city, the streets are bustling and busy and crowded, and the closer you get to the center of the city and the town square where the courthouse presides, the more crowded and riotous and raucous it gets. 
you see the looming punishing man the massive effigy standing in the town square outside of the courthouse and people are still uh, drinking and yelling and pushing each other around uh, and protesting and there's groups of people bringing more kindling and flammable objects and stuffing it under the punishing man even children are getting in on this do I recognize anyone? Um, give me a perception check. 13. So, as you guys are coming into the town square, Flora, out of the corner of your eye, you do notice as this really fancy, nice carriage is rolling past you, kind of just pushing its way through the crowd. Just for an instant, you look and through the window you see Kendra. What? Sitting in the carriage. Notably not recognizable as her carriage. It's a very fine, fancy, expensive looking carriage. And she looks like she's very finely dressed this afternoon. And she kind of makes eyes with you for a second. How fast is this thing moving? I mean, it's not moving super fast uh, because it's kind of pushing its way through the crowd. Can I jump on it? And like grab the side and look in the window and be like, Yay, Kendra! Uh, sure. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> you jump on the side of the carriage. <laughs> and uh, Kendra is like, she was looking at you as she passed by. <laughs> and she's like, Oh! Flora, what are you... What are you doing? I'm so sorry. She looks over across from her in the carriage and she's apologizing to a very finely dressed man. <laughs> who you recognize. Oh, I do. This was a man who was also a recipient of certain bequeathings from the Lormer's will and testament. Oh, shit. Who was it? This is one Adivian Adresant. Ah, that fucking douchebag. Yeah, here's the dick of the top hat that threw the spellbook away, right? Yeah, we don't like him. Yeah, yes. yeah. At first, Flora's gonna be like, Hey, Kendra, we haven't seen you. I need, I have so many things to tell. Oh my god, is that a Divian? Oh, uh, yes. Um, we, were, we were just going out to dinner. Um, are you... We should we should catch up. Uh, perhaps tonight, later on. Uh, or, or in the morning, we could have breakfast. Breakfast sounds great. And, and he's just kind of sitting there, like, looking at you without saying anything. Bye! Yeah, so Flora will, uh, without any sort of mask at all, glare at him a little bit and be like, I'll see you in the morning, Kendra. You seem like a jackass. And hop down and <laughs> go back to the group. He'll, he'll tip his hat and she'll be like, oh, I'll see you soon, Flora. Uh, be careful. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> she made clop along. I will inform the men. Except, um, maybe I'll try not to include Sidriel in that, uh, <laughs> update. <laughs> Yikes. Hmm. Real stealth. Yeah, I might just walk over and, like, tug on, on Stormak and be like, that's Kendra. She's with a Divian. Stormak was keeping an eye on Flora, but he's also keeping an eye on the crowd. He's making sure that nobody's getting pushed around too much or bullied or anything amiss like that he really is kind of 
into his guard mode and he's just looking around making sure that nobody's getting hurt or anything like that yeah there's probably a couple moments when you feel like you might have to jump into action for a second but like maybe a guard breaks it up it seems like the city especially towards the center here in the courthouse is still just barely being kept under control you get up to the courthouse the guards out front will recognize Constable Kane. Kane? Excuse me, boys. Uh, I'm here on official business from Judge Zerman. And they with you, eh? They are. Uh, we have, uh, we have business with the beast. Oh, you know what that means, don't you? They look at each other and smile and kind of, like, chuckle. Boy, you have no idea what I've been through today. Stormak gets himself right up in there and he says, Hello, my name is Stormak. I don't know what that means. Tell me. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what that means. That means we get a fun playtime visit from little Miss Daisy. And they start petting Daisy. Ah. Wow, that could have been all sorts of bad. They're like, oh, she's a good girl. She loves it. She flops onto her back and, like, is accepting of belly rubs immediately. <laughs> Stormak visibly calms himself down. He's just like, okay. <laughs> Everything's cool. Everything's all right. Yeah. <laughs> just sinister Very sinister sounding preamble to belly scratches. <laughs> That's good. I like that. And so, yeah, like last time you were here. The dog wasn't really uh, allowed to run around with you in the courthouse, but they are happy to watch her in the barracks, and the guards all loved her and were playing with her, and it was safe and nice. Yay. So yeah, they let you in, and Kane, you would know your way to Barrister Gustav Capel's office. So you head in, you have to go through the barracks. Daisy stays to play with the guards that are there on their breaks and whatnot. And... <laughs> She's just the most lovable member of the party for, you know, obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and now I'm, I'm riding on Stormax's shoulders. <laughs> and you head upstairs. Who's that green handsome um, fellow there next to me? Oh, son of a... It happened again. Oh. This is... I didn't update this, Matt. Oh, goodbye, Ozal. Every time it happens, it hurts a little bit more. <laughs> I think that's the first time you've called Ozal handsome. And I honestly, Aww. if that's what I had to do to get that, I'll do it again. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it felt awkward even as I was saying it. I, you know, I, no, I naturally should have it should have been a, a handsome green gentleman. But the, even as wow. I said it, it, just, uh, I, I, it stumbled out of my... <laughs> never gonna see it was the emotion this, are we alright <laughs> it's fine so you you head in and it's just next door to Judge Deramid's office uh, the guard outside of each door well, one of them nods says Kane yes sir do I recognize these guards I mean there's probably a lot of people but yeah you would recognize them You've, you work with them we don't we don't this have to name them, but we can if we want to. Johnson. Johnson. How we how we doing, Johnson? 
hope hope they're not straightening well, uh, is the Beristan. Yeah, he is. You're welcome to go in and check on him. I don't really care if he's busy. And why would that be? He's always been rude to me. Alright, I'm not even gonna go into it. I'm just gonna go go straight past him. Do as you like. I, I appreciate like, you, Johnson. Well, actually, let me talk about my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but really, how I, are I, you today? <laughs> in Skyrim, I just hit, so hit circle. <laughs> just like, oh, just avoid that conversation. I don't want to go through this whole comment thread. Yep. Just avoid. All right, here we go. Alley-oop. All right, so you guys head in, and uh, you see this man, this uptight-looking fellow in a in black looking very stressed out with like papers strewn all about his desk in a messy kind of way and he's like looking over them and switching them around and like he's trying to find something and he doesn't even notice you come in at first and he's like oh excuse me um what what can i do who what do you want do you have any water in here i um yes yes right right here what Drink what, some what of it. What is this about? Just drink some of it, and we'll we'll talk with you. We may have something that will uh, help your case, and it would behoove you to take the time to speak with us, if you wouldn't mind. Seems like you're under a lot of pressure, and I, I respect that, but there are things uh, here that are outside your control. I've got it perfectly under control. Uh, it seems like you got nothing under control. You, you can't even really... Uh, Speak the common language. What, 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 what can you do for me? What can I do for you? Well, one thing you can do for us is you can take us to go see the accused himself. That would answer a few questions for me. I work in this office. I have the authority to do so, and I have been investigating things on my own. Me and my companions here, as he gestures towards uh, Sigil, Flora, and, and Stormac, have found a few things against the accused that may point towards uh, maybe somebody else. And we'd like to talk to you about it. Um, uh, c- c- considering which of the three crimes? It'd be the crime of morast. The one that I believe that you are preparing for tomorrow. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, we, we, we will be underway tomorrow morning. Uh, 10 a.m. sharp. Um, somebody else. Uh, I was quite, quite certain that uh, the, the evidence and witness testimonies that I have seen myself, that uh, it seems pretty fairly obvious that he's guilty. Well, I have evidence to believe that he probably is not guilty. And if you would take us down to see him... It would be, I could almost confirm my suspicions, and then I could give you the evidence to prove it. If you don't want to do that, you might be the worst defense attorney that I've ever seen, ever. Yes, well, if you, if you would like to see my client, I, I, I will show you to him. My name is uh, Constable Ezekiel Kane. I am a uh, leopard stat god. This is my accomplice, Stormak my accomplice Flora, and my accomplice Sigil. We have all spent all day in a swamp under attack of blood caiman, manticore, and perilous joral activity, and we do not need to 
spend any more time explaining what we have found. Stormak whispers to Sidril, I don't like, I don't like the word accomplice. I, what is, what is he talking about, Sid? I'm, I'm quite busy right now. How about I let you go down to the beast? Uh, there should be su- sufficient guards there to protect you in case he goes on a rampage or something. Let me finish what I'm doing, and, and you, you go down to talk to, talk to him, and, and perhaps you'll come show me this evidence you speak of afterwards. Fair enough, Barrister. Um, you just uh, rob me a hall pass, and I'll be on my way. I, I, I'll escort you downstairs. Come, come, come. And he just kind of, like, pushes past you guys and walks out of the office towards the stairs. Heading down to the basement of the Leopardstad Courthouse. And as you come down the stairs, it's kind of a dank, musty basement with stone walls and floors. Three guards are walking towards the stairs, leaving the basement, kind of laughing to each other and pushing each other. And they just kind of like give you guys looks as they walk past you up the stairs. There is still one guard who is just standing at attention. And you see this towering abomination sitting in an iron chair in a large cell, bound with no less than a dozen sets of manacles. Stitching holds together this grotesque patchwork of flesh and bone, beast and man though the stitching wires are so taut that they look as though they may fly apart at any moment. Its mouth is twisted in a permanent sneer, and a shock of lank, dark hair clings to its scalp. The creature slumps in its chair, dirty, despondent, head down, hair hanging over his face. Sounds like he's laughing. <laughs> let me give you a little handout here is what Beast of Leopardstad looks like hell yeah metal oh he is more than one creature he looks like Danzig with scaly arms he does have Danzig hair is is his left shoulder a blood caiman It looks similar, although it's all brown. Yikes. The guard comes up. Oh, Kane. How's your day, then? Uh, My day's going well, if it wasn't so sticky. Um, I got a few questions for the accused, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, You mind if we uh, get a couple minutes here? I'll throw a couple extra, couple hours on the overtime board for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Ah, oh, thanks. I appreciate it, Jones. All right, then. Uh, don't get yourself killed. <laughs> he slaps you on the back as he goes <laughs> upstairs. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, we go in, or we look as... He's strapped to a chair, but he's in a cell or, or something. Yeah, yeah, he's behind the bars in a large cell, and he's tied down to this iron chair in, like, 12 different pairs of manacles. Does he look like he's secure enough that we can enter the cell? He's tied down pretty good. Uh, uh, you have no idea how strong he is or what he's capable of, though. 
I will not be entering that cell. <laughs> yeah, there's barely enough room for him inside that cell. <laughs> Is there a reason we want to be inside the cell? Uh, so, what do you do? Uh, it's bars all the way around. Turtles all the way down. <laughs> so, first, uh, that was a quick, like, visual <laughs> assessment. Does he match the description that Joral Prime gave us? Uh, so, yeah, Lasney told you uh, that he was about seven, eight, maybe nine feet tall, but he didn't give much of a description because it was very dark. I said he got bit in the shoulder by a blood caiman, right? Not only does this creature look like he's maybe 12 or 13 feet tall, he also has no scar on his shoulder from said blood caiman attack. Noted. Am I able to make a check to determine what this creature might be? Yes, uh, you guys can give me a knowledge arcana. Okay. 23 for Stormak. So 19. It's a 17 plus 7, which is a 24. Nice job. Well, I love that inspiration. From the looks of the way this thing is stitched together, and maybe according to some things that you guys have probably read in the past, this seems to be a flesh golem. Although it must be an extremely rare one, because it sounds like from what you've heard from people that this is a intelligent, sentient being, which is not typical of a flesh golem. And as you're standing there kind of looking at him, he stops laughing. And he looks up and there's like a little bit of drool coming down his face, which seems to be stretched into a permanent sort of sneer. And he's like, What what do you want? Stormak looks back at Sidriel and Flora and he says, This is apparently a flesh golem, but... He speaks, and then Stormak turns back to the flesh golem, and he says, Do you have a name? I am Stormak. Nobody. (laughs) He seems to be laughing. Are you laughing? No! Are are you crying? No. He looks away. It's, It's okay. Stormak goes to the cage Uh, He's up against the bars And he's like, it's okay to cry It's not okay I'm gonna be burned Stormak looks at the rest of the party Uh, Who should have named you? Who should have given you a name? He just looks away No? Alright, fine. Do you know what you're being accused of? No. No. What were you doing at the university when you were captured? I don't know. I didn't do it. You weren't at the university? I I was. I bet I didn't. I didn't do it. Do what? I don't know. (laughs) 
Did someone else How do, you know do you it? Do it if you don't know what it is. I remember being in the swamp. Yes, we were just there at the swamp. Then I remember I was in the school. I don't know how I got there. What were you doing in the swamp? I live there. In Dipplemere. Which is kind of the name of the like larger swamp around Leatherstone. Now we're not here to necessarily we're not here to convict you anything when we're here to we're here to help if there's anything we can do uh you can let me go well we can let me out of here and he starts stretching on his change and like thrashing about a bit well hold on hold on big boy <clears throat> and there's nothing we can do about that yet but uh we can try our best to get you out of here. But uh, we can't help you if you make any more of these people mad. You're going to have to sit tight. Sit tight. Tight enough. Tight enough. Can we see your shoulder? Yeah, I think so. And is there clearly any blood came in bite marks all over his shoulder. There are not. Has his shoulder transformed into a blood caiman? <laughs> <laughs> the wear came in. Part of his shoulder does appear to be a little reptilian, but it looks like it was sewed that way, stitched that way, um, oh, created What's the, um, from parts. It's the Lady Gaga song. <laughs> I don't know it. Bad romance. Stormac, do we happen to have any of them tools on us? Uh, did you bring that leather band box down here? Stormac puts a hand up and says, Whoa, hold on. Let's start a little slower. And he pulls out the fancy <laughs> the fancy outfit, the, um, the, the moldy leather bag containing an artisan's outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But not the severed human face, or the heavy knives, or the uh, <laughs> any of the uh, fine tools. Uh, no, none of that stuff yet. First, just the artisan's outfit. And he said, okay. and he says, um, "Do you recognize this outfit?" No. Stormak holds it up like it's a person, you know, the top and the bottom kind of dances it as around it, a little bit. <laughs> on a hanger. As it falls apart <laughs> for being <like laughs> moldy. No, what was would that matter? Oh, I understand. You have to understand people think you did something bad. If you didn't do it, what? who did do it? We need to... F- what? What they think I did? There's missing people. You're accused of uh, committing some crimes that us humans believe to be heinous. I don't believe that you committed them crimes. Can you see really well in the dark? 
yes. Stormak the dwarf looks back at Sidriel the elf and Flora the halfling and just kind of does a John Travolta. <laughs> With a knowledge check, you would know that flesh golems do have dark vision. See, I don't think you committed these crimes. And I think that we are your best hope for trying to... What crimes? Uh, the ones that they're going to try to burn you for, my friend. Mm-hmm. He starts thrashing again. It's okay, it's okay, it's o- It's okay. Flora grabs the back of your shirts and starts pulling you back. Kane, can you chill out a little bit, man? You're, you're infuriating him. It's fine, it's fine. It's apparently not. It's fine. I don't think he's going to hurt us. I don't want to hurt nobody. What crime? I didn't do anything. Well, that that's that's good, and we'll need to be able to prove that. So you, you've told us a lot of things that you don't remember. What Can you tell us anything you do remember? Anything at all? Let's start there. I was in a swamp minding my own business then I blinked and I was in the school I was angry I smashed uh, some things I did do that I'm sorry see it's trespassing at best maybe damaging the property but I don't think that's a stretch for murder then swordmen they come tell me I have to go with them. And I did. I didn't smash them. That's good. Then they lock me up. And they hurt me. And they make fun of me. They're going to kill me. It's okay. It's, o- it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's objectively not okay. <laughs> Uh, we'll, uh... I want to know who made him. How do we ask that question without being rude? Uh, we could try showing him the tools and see if that rings any bells. Forgive us if we're being rude, but you said you don't have a name. I had a friend once. They called me... Tim... Your your friend called you that, or that was your friend's name? They my called friend me. Called me Tim. Oh, of course. Hey, you We're know the bar. The bar is so low right now. As long as he doesn't say Joral, I don't give a fuck. Um. <laughs> All right. Okay. I now I don't have any friends. Who who was your friend? What was your friend's name? Back your ass into a corner for a joke, John. My friend was Elsa. She was she was nice to me. So your friend Elsa called you Tim. All right. Well, <laughs> so your name is Tim. I guess so. Can we find your friend Elsa? Is is she? Where can we, uh, where can we find her? <laughs> John doesn't know. <laughs> he starts, like, wailing. 
All right, all right. Um, <laughs> okay. Why, why don't you just tell us... Let, let's think about happy things. Why don't you tell us about your friend, Ilsa? <laughs> it's not happy. Well, fuck me then, all right? Stormac goes back <laughs> in the bag and pulls out the water skin half full of wine and says, Do you recognize this? No. Uh, well, shit. Guys, what are we going to do? I mean, I just want to hear his answer about his friend Elsa. My my suggestion is that uh, we don't piss him off too much. Um, Says the guy that's been pissing him off the whole time. <laughs> I don't think I have, Sidriel. And I don't think you've been contributing to this conversation as much as you think you have. But if you'd like... Oh, for heaven's sake. My friend was taken away from me. Not with, with, with us anymore. Oh, she's dead. That's what we're putting it. <laughs> All right. Well, can we ask what happened? Maybe that. I don't like to talk about it. I get sad and I get mad. All right. All right. Tim. He starts uh, like. Trying to break out. Tim, again. Tim, calm down. No one's enjoying this. Please. We don't want to talk about this either, but we have to. Please. Tell us. I like when you call me that. Yes, Tim. Tell us more about Elsa. I couldn't save her. What happened? I tried. What did you say? not save her from? I don't know. Something scary. Hmm. All right. Hmm. I tried to save her, but it was too late. I brought her back. Where, where did you bring her? Her home. Her... Hergstag. Oh, shit. Hergstag? Is that a town? Isn't that the second crime? Hergstag or Hergstag or whatever it's... Isn't that the other one mm. we're supposed to... Uh-oh, that's murder in the kids one. Oh, no. <laughs> Was Elsa a little kid? Oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Elsa. <laughs> so the, the scary thing, do you remember anything more about it? Uh, like... A ghost, he walks at night, and I think it steals their souls. Oh, great. Any one of you all priests might need to find ourselves a cleric of Phrasma, in case you all know any of them. (laughs) Wouldn't that be handy? Waka waka. Just shooting, staring daggers into you at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in case y'all have any names. Uh, you roster? No. Seem nicer than the others. Will you get me out of here? Tamala, sure you. We're gonna do everything we can. Uh, I cannot promise perfection, but uh. What you have given us is uh, definitely going to help your case. 
and we will do what we can to uh, get you out of this place. Um, Please help me. I think maybe that's where we're going to leave it for the week. Oof. All right. Rough. Yeah, that's pretty rough. I mean, guaranteed, he gave us information that, like... We definitely know that he didn't do the... I mean, he didn't do the... Well, I mean, he may have, but he didn't do the one in the graveyard, <laughs> right? He definitely did the one in the in the library. I mean, there's no getting around that. They caught him there. But the one in the graveyard, I don't know. What, what didn't he do in the graveyard? What? Well... He wasn't over there digging up fucking bodies, and he didn't well, he recognize the gear. Well, he obviously uses body parts, so maybe he needed them, but, like, Whoa. or the person that made him. Yeah, I'm assuming I mean, that. unless he's lying to us, he's not digging up the fucking parts, and he's not, like, uh, uh, taking the townspeople away. He doesn't really seem like that type of guy, and he's definitely not using that fucking potion of dark vision. Like well, I don't, those three I, I don't think digging up the bodies is what he was accused of. No, he was accused of taking the villagers away. But why would he take the villagers away? That doesn't make sense either. Didn't it all kind of lead back to that one spot? And like we found all that other shit. Like it kind of seems like whatever was happening there. I don't know. Whatever. It just doesn't seem like it's this dude. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, just by, from the description alone, he doesn't match the culprit. How the fuck, I mean, the surgical tools would have been large <laughs> surgical tools. He's 13 <laughs> feet tall. I, I assume the surgical tools belong to whoever made this guy. Right, exactly. But he wasn't made there in the graveyard. Maybe he was made there in the graveyard. No, there, I don't know. doesn't seem like he was made there in the graveyard. He definitely wasn't sneaking around as a 13-foot person with a normal person's face strapped to their face and being like, oh, hey, no, I'm like, like, I, I mean, just, I don't, I don't fucking yeah. know. I don't fucking know. It's not like he was getting by those disguise checks. Hmm. Well, got a week to think about it. Oh, fuck. All right.
bones. <laughs>